You're listening to Practical Badass, episode 10. On this podcast, we explore how to advance the wealth and careers of women in other marginalized communities in tech. Here, you'll find practical, actionable advice that helps you scale your career and unapologetically create a life you love. I'm your host, Chrissy Battle, and thanks for joining me on this journey. In this week's episode, we are going to be talking about how to negotiate like a badass, part two. So this is the second in a two-episode series. If you didn't get a chance yet to listen to episode nine, I'd recommend going back, giving that a listen, and then circling back to here to episode 10, because there's going to be a lot of foundational topics that we talk about in the prior episode that are going to really help uh, make you get the most out of this episode. So in episode 10, we are going to be talking about some more tactics and tips to help you refine your negotiations or to help you feel more prepared and get the best outcome in more scenarios than we were able to cover in episode nine. And just to give a quick 30 second summary of the concepts from part one, really what it's going to boil down to to get you the most successful outcomes from negotiations is Number one, really understanding your value as much as possible, the value of your skills, the pay ranges for the jobs that you're targeting to make sure that those are aligned. The other pieces of it are really understanding what you actually want the outcome of the negotiation to be. So understanding what you want your offer breakdown to look like, understanding what you want, what your offer range that you're expecting is. And the last piece is understanding what's called the BATNA, so the best alternative to negotiated agreement. And what the BATNA helps you understand is if this particular negotiation doesn't work out, what is your best alternative? And understanding those things leads to more successful negotiations because if you understand very specifically what you're targeting and what you want, and you understand what your best alternative is if this negotiation doesn't work out, you can really know when to hold firm on your requirements and where to be flexible. The first thing that I really want to start this episode out with is just a concept. One of the things that will really increase the leverage that you have in a negotiation is when you're going through the hiring process. If you can get the team really excited to hire you, it's going to make your work in the negotiation much easier because it completely pivots the conversation of them thinking potentially, what is the least amount we can offer this person to compel them to join, but we're still getting the best savings for this role. If they're really excited to hire you, their thoughts are going to be more like, what on earth can we offer this rock star to get them to want to join our company? How can we compel them to join and show that we have so much to offer them and this is going to be the best choice for them in their next role. And I've been on both types of negotiations. I can personally confirm that is so much easier and more pleasant and exciting for everyone if you can get the team really pumped about hiring you because yeah, it's just it feels more like a conversation and it's also you are much more in the driver's seat in that scenario. The next piece that I want to touch on is more of a tip. So that is 
whenever I'm in interviews, I always take notes, tons of notes. I am essentially a part-time court reporter in these interviews. So if they are giving me information about the role or the team structure or the compensation range or new benefits that they're excited to tell me about, I write all of this down. And I do that because number one, if I'm in multiple conversations at the same time, I want to make sure that I'm keeping it straight. So who is offering what to me? And then the other piece is, let's say you get later down in the negotiation and your offer comes through and it's less than what was discussed at the outset in terms of what's available in the budget for the role or what's reserved as the pay band for the role. It's a much more direct conversation for you to refer the recruiter back to that and just say something like, thanks so much for this offer. Based on our prior conversations and referencing my notes, I'm seeing that we had previously discussed X pay range, and that is more aligned with what I was anticipating for this role. Another way that you could bring it up is if the offer is low from what you previously discussed and you have a specific number in mind that you want to anchor the conversations on, you could prompt it with something like, thank you so much for this offer. I am really excited about the role. Based on what I had in my notes from our prior conversations, my understanding was the pay range is this. But now that I've gotten more information from the team and I really understand what the requirements of the role are, my compensation expectations for this role are now X. And you would give the number that you want them to pull the offer up to. My advice here is to anchor high. So that way, if they counter offer, you personally have room to come down a bit and still meet into your ideal range. So let's say you have a $20,000 pay window that you personally would feel comfortable with. The high side you're super excited about, the lower side of that range would be something that you're still excited about and it would meet all your needs. Quote them the highest side of the range so that if they counter offer, you do have room to come down and still meet all your goals. I know there are some folks that basically just quote one number and say, take it or leave it. That can work in certain contexts. You'll usually have a good sense of that over time. But if you are newer to negotiation, I would not do that. I would make sure that you are aiming high and you're giving yourself room to negotiate down a little bit if you need to without selling yourself short and still say, staying in a range that's valuable to you. The next thing I want to touch on is If you cannot get them to move on base salary, but you are still really excited about the role or you really want or need it to work out for whatever reason, let's talk about some other things you could negotiate for. The first question that you need to think about is what is most valuable to you besides the cash? And then that's going to inform what you ask for in this follow-up for the negotiation. So the first one is maybe they're not flexible on your base salary, but they would be willing to give you a sign-on bonus. My recommendation is pretty much no matter what the uh, scenario is, always ask for a sign-on bonus, especially if you have a current role and let's say it's almost going to be bonus time at your current role or you have stock options that are about to expire or something you have value that you would be leaving on the table to come to this new company you should ask for a sign-on bonus so that you are not leaving that cash behind. And how much should you ask for a sign-on bonus? Honestly, I think the minimum you should ask for is 10 or 15K. 
Um, if you have more value that you can show them, like you have, again, stock options that are about to expire that you would not be able to exercise. You're about to be paid your annual, you know, 10% bonus and it's X amount of dollars. Use that as the baseline. The other one is a professional association membership. So maybe you have a membership that you want to join. Maybe there's a professional society that you would think would be really helpful or as common in your specific area of expertise. Usually these kind of professional associations have pretty high fees. And one of the things that you can negotiate for is having your company pay for that. So the positive is they're going to get the benefit of your knowledge that you gain through these memberships. And then the benefit to you is you're obviously getting that knowledge that you can use in your current role and subsequent roles, but then also the networking opportunities that are available through these types of membership organizations can be really helpful. Another thing, I, I mentioned this in uh, part one, but I want to bring it back here because similar to the membership, having that as a stipend that's paid to you, another that I really like is negotiating for a higher learning budget. Especially right now in the economic climate that we're in, learning budgets and kind of ancillary budgets are the first thing to go that get costs cut. And so you might be going into a company that doesn't have any budget reserved for you for continuing education, for conferences. Ask for a learning budget dedicated just to you that you can use for those things. So you would outline the high level intention of what you would use it for to justify the amount of money you're asking for. That does have a lot of value, even though it's not cash compensation, because you're developing your skills that will increase your compensation down the road. Another one is if the company is open to it, you can negotiate for being fully remote or being hybrid and you can define your hybrid schedule. So maybe you say, I come into the office two days a week. I work from home the other days. So having that as part of your offer and being really explicitly stated is definitely something that you can negotiate for. Another thing you can negotiate for related to working from home or remote work is a work from home equipment stipend, because that's going to be a really important component of your remote work, being able to be seen and heard clearly for all of the calls that you'll be doing remotely. And it will also improve your experience as an employee because we all know how frustrating it is to work with bad tech. Another thing you can negotiate for would be an updated schedule. So you could negotiate for a four day work week. So you could have it as part of your offer that you work, you know, say four 10 hour days to accomplish your 40 hour a week expectation. And that can be really valuable, maybe even more than cash compensation, having that time free in your schedule if you have you have kids and you have activities with them that you want to participate in. If you are working to build a side hustle, having that extra day a week as part of your weekend to build up your side hustle can be super valuable or just as more time to relax. Or maybe you like traveling and you can do more three day weekend, you know, short getaways. Whatever would build enjoyment or value to you. Those are things that you can negotiate for. So just remember, if negotiating the cash just isn't on the table, there are other things, cash equivalents, essentially, that you can also negotiate for that uh, employers are more likely to give you when they are less flexible on the actual base salary or bonus, those parts of the comp. The next thing is 
What happens if you get into an offer situation and you don't know how much to counter offer back with? Even though you've done the research, you've tried to find pay bans, maybe they weren't willing to disclose that to you and that information is not available. For whatever reason, you feel like you don't have all the information to feel really confident and solid in your target range that you want to be paid. And they come out with an offer and you want to counter offer, but you don't know how much it should be for. My personal baseline and recommendation is asking for 20% more than what they're offering you, because usually they're going to offer you the bottom of a range and there's going to be a lot of room to move up. The average I'm able to get up an offer is about 20%. And the most I've been able to get up an offer is 30%. And this is part of the process where it can feel really awkward And just remember that that's okay. It's part of the experience and just to embrace it. Like even for me, it always still feels a little bit awkward. Just remember that sitting in that awkwardness for that five or 10 minutes that you're asking for this with the recruiter or the hiring manager, whoever's negotiating with you, just remember the return on investment for that time, those five or 10 minutes can be thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. Every time that you're like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. It's going to feel too weird. Just remember there could be $20,000, $30,000. I've gotten offers up $50,000, even though I felt sweaty and awkward. Okay. So it, the payoff is so huge. You can get a life-changing salary adjustment just by willing, just by being willing to sit in awkwardness for a minute. And then the last thing that I want to touch on in this episode in terms of scenarios is If you are in the wonderful and exciting situation of having multiple conversations at the same time, or you are expecting multiple offers, number one, that's a fantastic scenario to be in. Congratulations. But I know that it can also feel overwhelming because you're wondering, like, how do I manage this to make sure that I can maximize the benefits of being in multiple offer scenarios at the same time? So my first piece of advice here is ideally try to keep things largely aligned for the conversations. So what I mean by that is keep your recruiter screens around the same time. If you're talking to a recruiter, let them know that you're in other conversations, because what that does is it lets the recruiter know you're super valuable and in demand with other employers. But it also lets them know that they might need to adjust timelines on their side So that let's say you get an offer from a competing company. If you have an offer in hand, you can let the other company or other companies know. So you can let them know, hey, I have this offer or I'm expecting it tomorrow and I need to make a decision within three days. I've had a really great conversation with you. I am so excited about this opportunity, but I would like to be able to consider your offer alongside this other one. If you are able to get me an offer in hand by, and then you give them a date, I would love to be able to concurrently consider these offers. And when I've been in scenarios where I've had to do that, I know that recruiters work really hard to make sure that happens because they don't want a scenario where their team is really excited about hiring you, but the timelines just didn't match up and you are right at the end, they're about to extend an offer And then you drop out of the process because you've accepted an offer somewhere else when they could have gotten an offer in and potentially snagged you. So to sum that all up, really, my recommendation there is to ideally keep things aligned. So it is absolutely okay to let the recruiter or the hiring manager know 
that you are in multiple conversations. And actually, I would encourage you to do that because it helps show them that you are, again, a valuable and in-demand candidate. And that's a really great place for you to be in as you move through the hiring process. So in this episode, we have covered some more scenarios and situations that you can anticipate or be prepared for so that you can more successfully move through interviews and negotiation processes and feel prepared so that you can come out successful on the other side. And and a couple of closing thoughts for this episode. One of the reasons I am so passionate about developing negotiation skills and sharing what I've learned here is because even though there are policies and legislation to close existing wealth gaps and pay gaps, those are not going to help us anytime soon. So absolutely worthwhile initiatives. But for us right now, moving through our careers, no one is going to come and pay us more money. No one is going to come and build our careers for us and make sure that we are being paid what our skills are worth. That is up to us. That is up to us to advocate for ourselves and to advocate for others in our communities so that we can close that gap in the interim. And the other thing I want to reinforce here is I have gotten such great results by practicing these skills the last six years. I am not the most skilled negotiator in the whole world. So what I'm saying is I have been able to increase my compensation by hundreds of thousands of dollars per year with mediocre negotiation skills. You do not, again, have to be an expert, professional, most polished, top-level negotiator to get amazing results, to close the wealth gap, the pay gap for yourself. And do I personally think that I have closed my own pay gap 100%? No, I don't. I think I could actually be making more if I were a cis white man. But I have closed it a lot more than I would have if I had not negotiated anything and if I had taken what was, op- what was offered to me. And that's what I want to give to you too. Your skills do not have to be perfect for you to realize and see value from them. All right, I'm feeling a little fired up after this episode. I just really feel so passionately about negotiation because it's just, it's how you unlock the value of your skills. You work so hard to gain knowledge and to perform at your best. And really learning negotiation skills, again, even really basic ones, helps you unlock more and more of that value over time. I personally think us learning to negotiate better and sharing our negotiation skills with others, mentoring others, that is actually the fastest way to close the pay gap. All right, that was a really fun episode for me to record, actually. Um, I just got back from a Pilates class, which I am new to. I am not very good at it. But so I just feel really like calm and centered and also a little fired up. Like it's a pretty nice feeling, actually. But yeah, I am loving having these conversations with you. And I hope that you are enjoying them. If you have a friend or coworker who you think this podcast would bring value to, please share, grab a link to this episode and share it with them. And additionally, if you can go to wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Spotify or Google or Apple, I know that there are tons of other ones. Wherever you grab your podcast, if you could rate and or review the podcast, what that does is it helps others discover the podcast. It surfaces it higher in the search or in suggested 
and suggested results for them. And it helps others get value from this too. And so we can all go on this journey together. We can close the pay gap together. We can climb to the top together and we can just change the world together. I am so excited about this. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and I will talk to you next Thursday. Bye for now. Thank you.